There's, and a, they, there's a labor department at the, at the hospital, too. And they come no, out with a lot of interesting no, stuff. No, 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 no. That's that's OBGYN. That's yeah. a very different. It's the, it's the labor department. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Personal Wealth Coach, starring Jake and Jeff McClure. Together, we are bald. And it's exciting for us whether or not it is for you. Yes, it's an exciting episode because we get to say things in public that could shame us, ruin our careers, or in other ways, cause us to have uh, the proverbial egg on our face. Although literal egg, in some cases, is preferable to proverbial mm. egg. Yes. When is a literal egg preferable to a proverbial egg? Sounds like a riddle. It is. Um, this is the personal wealth coach. This is Jake McClure and Jeff McClure. Both of us are baldy. Uh, one is younger and one is older baldy. Uh, older Baldy is the father of Younger Baldy, and I am the Younger Baldy. We have been working together now for 31 years. Thinking about that for a second. Do you realize it's been 31 years that we've been working together? I do, and I felt it strongly this morning. In, in, in your joints? Working with me can lead to old age. The right. longer you work with me, the older you get. That is That's one of those tough situations. I've just had to come to, to grips with it. Uh, this is the personal wealth coach, and we've got to give you some other disclosures besides the fact that we're bald. We're also bearded. Yes, I realize that these are controversial statements and uh, could cause people to change the channel immediately, but we're going to continue as if you didn't change the channel. Uh, we are the personal wealth coach, and that's not just the name of a radio program and podcast. It's also the name of an SEC registered investment advisory firm that gives fiduciary investment advice. Um, that does not mean that this is fiduciary investment advice. We can't give it fiduciary investment advice on the air. There's no privacy there. We don't know everybody we're talking about. So this is educational information that we're giving on the air. And just because the firm's registered with the SEC does not mean that the Securities and Exchange Commission somehow holds us uh, in, in, in their heart in a deeply loving and spiritual manner. No, they don't do that. They are a governmental organization and their job is to regulate people. We mention them because they're our regulator and they want us to mention that they regulate us. So that's there. The information we present on this educational radio program has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable, but we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. However, we do warranty and guarantee that anything we don't say is incomplete. I would really like to see a statistic from the Labor Department on pregnancy in the Labor Department. That's just side note, but truly nerdly sense of humor. Yes. You are weird. Yes, I, 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 I will admit to that. And that is the one of the last disclosures. We, the last disclosure is we do not pay for this radio program. We don't get paid either. We've been doing this as a volunteer service 
since 19, I've been doing it since 98. You did a few episodes at the end of 96. It's been a long time we've been doing these free programs that I hope people are getting something out of. They're probably getting at least as much as they're paying for it. That's that's what I say. However, we do advertise on the, the station, KTEM. Uh, our advertisement is for the radio program. This is a deal we worked out with the studio. They also spend airtime advertising the radio program. The rates that we pay for our advertising is actually discounted at this point. So there is no quid pro quo, Senator. There, I've said it. Um, what happened this week in the market? Something happened in the market this I, week? I think something did. They, they opened on Monday and they closed on Friday. They closed on Monday too, but well, each of those market, days, something happened. Market, market is not a plural, so it's not a they. Well, it could be today, but... The, well, the market isn't generally opened by an individual. Sometimes it is. Oh, So okay. they opened well, the market. Oh, they opened it. Okay, there was a missing pronoun. Anyway, we follow the S&P 500 stock index, which we affectionately call SPX. And the reason is there's actually several symbols that represent different iterations of the index. But it drifted back below the 4,000 level on Monday, December 5th, after rising last week. And then it seemed to find a comfortable bottom about 39.34 on Tuesday, and it rose up and bounced back to there and rose up and bounced back to there, which markets tend to do in many cases, and that's what it did. It closed out the week uh, this Friday on December 9th at 39.34.3, down 3.37% for the week, which sounds like a lot, and it is, except that it still left at 17.5%. While it's down 17.5% from the beginning of the year, but it's still up 9.8% from mid-October. So it's higher than it has been, but lower than it has been. If you look a little longer term, the S&P 500 is up 76% from March of 2020. Now, it's really hard to get our minds wrapped around the fact that March 2020 really wasn't that long ago. Uh, what do you mean? Two and a half years ago. And the news cycle, March 2020, was under a different administration it, it had a completely different look. There was no war going on in Europe. It's a different world today. It is. But it wasn't but that long ago. As far as the stock market is concerned, that really wasn't that long ago. Now, if you go back three years before the bear market and recession that happened in 2020 to do with the pandemic, it's still up about 28.5%. So if you consider yourself an investor, the very shortest time I have ever heard described as is as being an investor as opposed to being a speculator is three years so if you have been in at least three years and you've seen the S&P 500 stock index rise almost 30 percent in three years which is really quite good so whether we're in a down market or an up market is entirely dependent upon your time horizon and your attitude um i think we're still in a long-term bull market and all the indicators are we're in a long-term bull market and that's probably where we are and we're going through an interruption in that bull market and people are a little upset about that in some cases but that's okay if the market had topped at the beginning of the year and this was the bottom when it went down at the end of this week we would technically not be in a bear market we'd still be in a correction so it's not as simple as it seems sometimes 
Okay, uh, the CRSP mid-cap value, U.S. mid-cap value index, we also follow that one because it's another indicator about what's going on in the stock market. Uh, it's smaller companies, not small companies, but mid-sized companies that are uh, principally priced in the market because of their underlying value rather than because of somebody thinks their earnings are going to grow, like the S&P 500. It declined 2.97% for the week, closed to 2379.56. It's now down 8.38% for this year and 6.72% from a year ago. And this has been an interesting phenomenon. The value side of the market is doing uh, what academics say it should do for a long time. Uh, it, it, it doesn't fall as far as the growth side. And hopefully in the long term, they the academic studies say it rises more. So we'll see and we'll continue to follow it. The benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury. Now, no, now, why do I say the benchmark? Because uh, many other, uh, many loans and many, many things that are, uh, when an interest rate is floating or set or something, uh, for loans in particular, as a benchmark, and that benchmark is the 10-year U.S. Treasury note yield. It's It climbed a couple of percent, relatively speaking, which causes bond prices to fall. And I got some questions on that last week when I said that uh, the market was, for instance, I say sometimes say the market is down and yields were up on the 10-year. The stock market is down, but yields are up on the 10-year treasury. So the 10-year treasury followed suit. The 10-year treasury, your bond does not rise in value because interest rates go up if you hold a bond. Your bond falls in value because interest rates go up. And I know that's backwards and upside down and inverted and hard to keep your mind wrapped around, but that's just the reality. If interest rates rise, bonds fall. So if the stock market falls and interest rates rise, which happened this week again, um, then despite the fact I just said something fell and something rose, in fact, they both fell in value. So the bond market went down with the treasury market. Now, there's another little interesting footnote in history. For the past several decades, there has been a rule of thumb sort of wisdom that when the stock market falls, bonds will rise. When when bonds fall, the stock market will rise. So you should have a mixture of stocks and bonds. And since stocks tend to rise over the long term a lot more than bonds, the ideal portfolio in the media and a lot of other places was what's called the 60-40 portfolio with 60% stocks and 40% bonds. The problem with this particular bear market that we're in right now is that stocks and bonds have fallen together and they rise together and they're marching along in unison, which is really confusing a lot of people. Yeah. And this is relatively normal historically. This is one of the things that actually starting 15 years ago, we were talking about the problems with the 60-40 portfolio. It's worked for about a decade. And people were really impressed with the fact that it was working. But in 2019, you did a almost an entire episode on the radio about how the 60-40 portfolio was dangerous. And now come forward to today in a bear market that's done all the things that you warned could happen, you seem to have some kind of at least a rubber ball, maybe not a crystal ball, but you have something mm -hmm. that's going on here. So I wanted to point out, um, I will pat you on the back so you don't hurt your shoulder doing it yourself. Okay. Thank you very much. Yes. Well, we talked about that the, that the treasury note yield climbed to three point. Five eight. Well, I don't know if I say that. Three point five eight five percent to be exact. Unfortunately, the one-year note 
And I use that because it's the highest price note that the Treasury is tracking right now. Highest, not highest price, highest yield note is is paying 4.72%. So if you borrow, if you loan money to the government for one year, they'll pay you 4.72%. But if you extend that loan to 10 years, the interest rates drop to three, roughly 3.59%. Huh? So a longer loan has a lower yield than a shorter loan. That's called an inverted yield curve. And historically, has suggested a recession will follow in about 80% of the cases. So that's one of the things that folks are looking at and saying, oh, recession, recession, recession yeah. is and, coming. And to say that we're in an inverted yield curve is, to put it lightly, we are in the most inverted yield curve that we have record of. Mm-hmm. It, it, is, it is so inverted that um, the Fed funds rate is paying more than the 10-year. Yes, and the 30-year, which is really, really crazy. So if you have a 10-year uh, U.S. Treasury bond, or and this is also happening over in the corporate side, and you have a money market fund, your money market fund is paying you more interest than the 10-year Treasury, which is weird. And, but that's and, and where the we are. 30-year. <laughs> yes. So uh, the one-month rate, according to the U.S. Department of Treasury, the one-month rate is over... Uh, is is right at 3.8%, a little more than that, 3.81. That 30-year is at 3.5, which is totally as backwards as you can possibly get in a yield curve environment to have an overnight rate that is almost zero risk pay more than locking your money up for 30 years. This is what we call an inverted yield curve. It's, It's not a good sign for growth in the economy ahead. We've never had an inverted yield curve this inverted, <laughs> at least not while we've been measuring. Uh, in some ways, and maybe in a lot of ways, we won't know until it's over. We won't know. This is, it is indeed different this time. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil, which is something that's near and dear to our hearts, whether you know it or not, it fell to almost, it fell during the week $9 a barrel to $71.85 a barrel, uh, which among other things, says there's probably some good news coming at the gas pump. The national average price for a gallon of regular gasoline dropped to $3.32 per gallon, which is 36% lower than it was in June when it was $5.20 a gallon. So Wait a minute, $5.20 a gallon? Wow. That it, was the average across the country in June. Yeah, and we're, we're at, what did you say? $3.32. And that feels good. I, that actually I feels actually good. Saw Driving back and forth from Austin, I actually saw a couple of prices where they were very serious about trying to get people in there, probably because they made money on something else, down below $3. So, some good news, Uh, although the Fed doesn't like it because there's a problem. The Federal Reserve is trying to get us to stop spending so much money on services, and we'll get into that, but... So they're raising interest rates to make money more expensive to borrow. They're making life hard, trying to get some jobs shut down and some wages reduced. Um, and, and it's not working out real well for them. But they want us to stop spending so much money on going out to eat and going to movies and fixing things up in the house and the things where you pay somebody to do something as opposed to buying something from somebody. That's called goods. The problem is when the price of gasoline goes down, we have more money to spend on things like going out to eat, which is causing the Fed a lot of grief because they wanted to kind of shut down inflation. Anyway, that's 
that's the markets. Well, that's most of the yeah. markets. There's the, a lot of other stuff yeah. out there that I haven't referred to. The good news on that is, as we said back uh, it, at the end of 2020, when oil prices go up, um, it, it tends to cause um, inflation in everything in, in 8 to 12 months. And with oil prices going down and gas prices going down, that's a relatively good thing long-term on the inflation thing. We do have well, more money to spend, but the lag effect is going to kick in. That's exactly what I wanted to talk about today, about something that's near and dear to that, or it's in the reverse of that, or something like that, something the Fed is focused on. But. Um, we have some good news. You mentioned this when we were going over the market, the drop in the price of gas, which was presaged by a drop in the price of oil. What is that from? Well, the European Union and like-minded folks put a cap on what they're willing to pay for Russian oil. Uh, and this cap has to do with if it receives insurance from any European or United States company on a tanker going across the ocean, it cannot receive more than $60 a barrel on its delivery. Um, and Vladimir Putin is threatening to cut oil output because the G7 stepped on and said, yep, we agree with that. Even though the European Union is the one that set the cap, the G7 agreed to it. And it was, it's, it's, it's an interesting point, by the way. The ban on importation of petroleum oil, not natural gas, into Europe from Russia is still in place. Our ban on importation of Russian oil into the United States is still in place. It's if they're selling oil to somebody else, like India or Iran, the insurance companies are forbidden to provide insurance on the tanker. Unless the sale price at the end is sixty, unless they can certify that the sale price at the end of the trip is sixty dollars or less, yeah. So what Russia didn't like too much, but yeah. it really isn't going to slow things down excessively. I they think. Uh, they are now threatening to cut oil output to the G seven and to Europe. Well, they've been threatening to do that, and then actually doing it through self sabotage of their own pipelines through uh, turning pipelines off and saying, well, we didn't have any maintenance done. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Those were that was natural gas. No. That was natural gas. But this is the same concept where they're shutting down the oil and saying, you guys can't shut us down. So just be aware that that's part of the drop in prices. The other part is that the world, other than the United States, seems to be falling rapidly into recession. The European Union is likely already there. The UK, no doubt about it, is there. Uh, Russia, no doubt about it, is there. China probably is in recession at this point. One of the problems with that's going on in China right now is they tried to relax the COVID restrictions a little bit some time ago, and the local governments didn't respond. They, they were slamming. They weren't gently closing things and gently putting testing in place and doing the things that the central government wanted to do. They were so afraid of enforcement actions by the central government if they had an outbreak in COVID, they were slamming things shut, which, by the way, hit Apple's uh, manufacturing yeah. terribly. They're, by the uh, way, just announced this week that they are going to be creating their parts. They're moving out of China into Arizona. It's still a Taiwanese company. TSMC's new plant that they've just announced is going to be the producer of a huge number of the parts that they're getting from China for Apple. 
Where are they going to get the workers? That's the question. They're working on automating. Much, much of that chip manufacturing now has people removed from it because it's on such a small scale. It's still, they're still going to need to hire people. And that's going to be, that's going to be a pinch point. But uh, we're already seeing a glut in chips coming out of these deals. So uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. That's good news. Um, Yeah. Uh, let's see. But it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while because the, the it takes a long time to disengage when you've got big capital investments in China, and they and Apple does. Yeah, and I and I mentioned this already, but this is worth re-mentioning. Um, roughly six hundred thousand more weddings took place this year than last year. Um, we had about two million weddings last year, and about two point six million this year. Um, we're going to get more data on that as the year progresses and so on. Uh, and I said, again, service industry has had a lot of inflation. The average wedding, average wedding cost $28,000 in 2021. Um, that is significant. $28,000 is just, just, that's a car uh, that they're spending and that's important to know that you know prices have come up in that area. The good news on that front is that with the weddings that are occurring, we may actually have some more babies, which could re- make our population start growing again. It may not happen. It's not happened anywhere else. But, you know, it could happen that we'll have more babies. Um, more weddings is good. Uh, people tend to be more economically successful across the board when they're married. It, that doesn't, there's no implication as to the gender of their spouse in that, by the way. It is simply the act of getting married tends to increase the income for both spouses. It increases the bank balances significantly more than the combined amount of them being singled, single. Single. So that's just good news across the board. Marriage rates being up is good for the economy. It's kind of like home ownership. So long as you can afford the home, it's generally good across the board for your own productivity and your own income. People, when they buy a house, tend to start making more money afterwards. Now, you you can say, why is that all day long? Nobody really knows why. But they tend to do better afterwards. I can put up a bunch of hypotheses, but none of them have come close to being proven. Owning a home and being married tend to make your incomes go up, tend to make your net worth increase. All those things are good things. And so that's some good news. We've got a very little time. Do you have a wrap up for the last minute before we have to tell them who we are again? Well, we're running through a bumpy stock market period, but the stock market is still up about 10% from its bottom in October. And this is the way, as several people have said, that this is, this is the way bear markets go, but it's also the way bear markets end. There's a lot of indications that we're closer to the end than the beginning of this thing. Although there's still plenty of people saying doom is coming around the corner. The economy may or may not slip into a recession next year. We can't, we don't have a crystal ball on that. But again, there's more and more signs appearing that suggest it probably won't. I would say it's a 50-50 chance at best. And that's probably the wrap up. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to talk to us off the air, we actually do give customized investment, fiduciary investment advice and portfolio management for people of high net worth. That takes some customization. Uh, if you'd like to talk to us off the air about that, the local number is? 
254-947-1111. Or, or toll free, should you still be constrained to landlines, is 1-800-914-7526. That's 800-914-PLAN. You can go to our webpage, thepersonalwealthcoach.com, where we have a place to sign up for our newsletters. You can read our newsletters going back. You can find our podcasts and our programs going back a long time. You can go to anywhere podcasts are provided. You can contact us through the contact form or email us directly. Jeff at tpwc.com or Jake at tpwc.com. Thank you very much for listening, for, and we'll be back next hour.